You are the solution. We are the future. Radically different. Together and unity above all. This is Revolution Radio. Moving forward from centuries of systemic racism is going to take work and honesty with ourselves and each other. We're going to have to have some long overdue, uncomfortable conversations. Racism is not a black and white issue. It's deeply ingrained in our society in ways you might not even realize. We have to recognize the limits of our own perspective and listen to the people that racism affects on a daily basis. Stories from the front lines of the fight for equality, protest tips, ways you can support the revolution even if you can't make it to the front lines, and music to keep up the morale and inspire unity. Revolution Radio has got you covered. Make no mistake, we have a once in a lifetime chance to bring about true positive change in a world that works for all. The power has and always will be with the people. When the rules do not respect some of us, we do not respect the rules. And now your host, Sig Neutron. Hey, what's up everybody? It's your pal Sig Neutron. And man, I just want to start with a shout out to all you people fighting the good fight out there. Um, it's, it's a sight to behold, man. I always say it's like the most beautiful and, and ugly thing I've ever seen. Um, so you guys keep it up, man. Keep fighting. And I really, truly believe that uh, better days lie ahead for all of us. Um, we just, we got to make it through. We got to topple this horrible system of oppression that is just crippled uh, marginalized communities. And then we can all move forward together. Um, but this episode, I have Rashad Santiago from FaceOff joining me. And we had a really great talk live on Twitch. And we took some questions. And um, yeah. So enjoy. All right. Uh, so we had a, that was a full start. So this is the real start. What's up, everybody? Uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, I have a special guest, Rashad Santiago. What's up, everybody? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so if you guys are listening on the podcast, we're doing this live on Twitch. Um, figured to add another interesting element to it so everybody can be involved in the conversation. Uh, Rashad joined me for like episode 60 something, and we talked about <laughs> his uh, life and artistry and all that stuff. So you guys should go check out that episode too. But today we're going to talk about uh, some very pressing modern issue. Well, it's not a modern issue, absolutely, it's, but it's it, what's happening in the forefront in the conversation today is race and racism and the fight for uh, racial equality. And that's what the, our focus is going to be today. I've done two episodes so far, um, just had, having, uh, I'm trying to switch focus on Sputron and just ampl amplify the voices of pe people of color and just have, I feel like we just need to have these conversations about race and racism that people feel, it's a touchy subject, like hands down, no doubt about it, it's uncomfortable. And, you know, but it's very clear today with what's happening in the world that we obviously need to talk about it. Um, so mm -hmm. I guess how this is like opened up before, uh, if you just want to tell me your experience, like growing up with uh, racism and uh, just from your perspective, because I'm realizing that everybody even I say that like racism isn't a black and white issue because it meaning that 
everybody experiences it so differently and it manifests in society in ways that we don't even realize half the time. Like uh, sometimes people that definitely aren't racist can say racist things and they don't even realize they're saying it because they, they, there's this, I'm discovering there's this web of programming that we've all like, it's it's hit us all in weird ways. So we're just trying to unpack all that. So uh, give us your experience with like growing up and yeah. Um, well, for those who know, and this is for those who don't, I grew up in New York City in the Bronx. Um, so majority of the time I was surrounded by people of uh, my ethnic background, whether it was black or Puerto Rican, um, Hispanics, uh, we didn't really come across much, uh, not that I saw or not that I experienced as a kid. Um, I know that when I started getting older, um, uh, and traveling around, like going down to like Manhattan and things like that, or maybe going into these stores that are uh, high end or considered high end stores, then you get the, um, the multiple, can I help you's, uh, which is uh, something that I never really paid attention to uh, when I was younger, but it did start happening more prevalent as I was getting older and it was, you start noticing it more. Um, And like you said, a lot of people don't realize uh, the, how do you call it? I don't wanna say brainwashing because I feel like that it's used so much, Uh, but it's, a lot of people are doing things that they don't realize is racist um, because that's either the way they were brought up or in today's society, it's not considered something that is racist. Um, and I notice a lot of people try to use it in humor or in trying to be funny. Um, it's like a way to break the ice even. Sometimes uh, when you're meeting somebody for the first time or, you know, I'm somebody who's a little bit more laid back when it comes to certain things. Um, But I know that sometimes, like you said, that it's not meant in in a way to be racist. The person doesn't even know that they're being racist Um, and they'll just say either a comment or a joke or something and it's just kind of glossed over and it's never mentioned again or you don't even speak about it again. Um, I know that when I uh, was going to school down in Florida, I was uh, attending college, I was going there for like six months. Um, That was one of the one time and the only time that somebody called me uh, what the N word as uh, we're gonna say, um, in a way to get me to react. Um, and I realized that, uh, as it was happening, luckily I didn't fly off the handle and cause a scene. Um, but I realized that they said it and they approached me and they were waiting for me to react to it. And it was in like a, the parking lot of a Popeye's and I was riding my bike home and I had the right of way to go across the street and they were coming in their truck and you know, he laid on the horn and uh, he set the comment out the window and it kind of took me by surprise because not ever being called that ever in my life. I was kind of like, excuse, like what? Um, so I when I got across the street, he swung into the parking lot really quickly. and He got out of the truck and he approached me 
and I was ready to defend myself. But when I realized that he just wasn't doing anything and he was waiting for my reaction, I said, he's trying to get a reaction out of me. That way I can look like the bad guy, you know? Um, and I kind of laughed at it. You know, I took a step back and I think I was only 19 at the time. And, you know, most 19 year olds don't really think that way. But luckily I was able to. And, um, you know, th- that was like the f- one of the first times when I really took a, a step back and I looked at, you know, racism and I started really paying attention to it because up to that point, that situation never happened to me. I never met somebody or I never came across somebody even in that kind of heated situation to where my race was brought into the argument or they tried to say something to me uh, to get a reaction out of me. Um, but uh, it, it happens all the time uh, when uh, we go into Walmart or we go into Target. I've noticed a lot of times if we're walking out with a cart full of stuff right next to uh, another couple of a different race with a cart full of stuff and the alarm goes off, I want to say 99% of the time we're called back and they're allowed to let go. Um, and another time uh, we were buying these sneakers and and the lady in front of us was buying the same exact sneakers. Um, and the lady scanned her sneakers, didn't open her box, gave her the box and she was allowed to leave. And then when we got up to the register, she opened the box. She took the sneakers out. She was trying to like see if there was anything inside the sneaker. And we were like, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, no, this is just, a, you know, a security that I, I we were like, that lady had the same the lady Jeez. had the same pair of sneakers and it didn't you didn't check her. So it's out there. And, you know, I think that's the only time that I've come across it or I've dealt with it is in those scenarios where I'm in uh, a store like that, like a high end or what they consider a high end uh, supermarket or store, or if I'm buying something that is of high value or, you know, they, most places you could just scan your card and then keep going. They want to see ID. They want to see the receipt at the door. You know, it's, it's a lot of things like that with, me and in my life, it's mainly the things that I've I've dealt with. I've never really lost a job or didn't get a job because of my um, ethnicity or anything like that to that level that I'm aware of. Um, so it's in my case, I think it's a little light um, and dealing with the the case of like even dealing with police officers. I've dealt with I want to say I've been stopped several times in the past. Um, just random stops that they have to do. Um, and I always make sure that I cooperate and I answer their question. I I can be a dick and give them attitude and prolong what would have taken 20 seconds. Um, and I know a lot of people look at that like, well, you know, we have a right to, uh, not give the information, you know, and, and at the end of the day, even if that cop is being a dick or even if, Oh, can I curse on here? Of course. I cuss all the fucking time. Oh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So even if that cop is being like a dick or an asshole, which I've experienced, as long as you're doing your part to make sure that you make it home at the end of the day and you're answering questions and things like that, I find that it always goes smoothly. And I see that in the area that I live now, which is basically country and, you know, there's not 
many run-ins that the cops have, especially in my area, with people of my ethnicity, I was expecting more like judgment up here than I was getting in the city, but it's actually flipped a hundred percent. So I know there's a lot of, there's always a bad egg in every bunch, you know? Um, and it's very sad what happened uh, to George Floyd and, you know, my heart goes out to his family. And I think that's a terrible thing to happen to anybody. And I just want to make this point very clear that, you know, any kind of death or anybody being killed in any situation is unacceptable and uh, needs to be checked. Um, and I know that I had posted about, you know, the Black Lives Matter on my Instagram and somebody had commented basically the point that basically all lives matter. And, you know, I told them that is very true. Um, and had it been somebody else who was killed, um, by the police officer or by a police officer of a different ethnicity, it still would be the same. It still would be the same point. It, you would still have the same points. You would still have people still trying to speak up and defend. Um, so I, I want anybody listening or anybody watching or whatever the case may be to know that, yes, all life is very precious, it, it, hands down. We're not saying that it's not. What we are trying to say is that in this certain situation, uh, and in many situations like it, which has just become more frequent over the last couple of years, is a lot of African-American men uh, or men of color are losing their lives in situations where it doesn't need to happen. Um, and had different steps have been taken, then those people would still be alive. So that's pretty much what I wanted to say on on that. Yeah. In every conversation I've had so far, the all lives matter thing always comes up. And it's and I and the people that are, are making that statement, it's like, here's how we like are trying to unpack this. It's like, of course, all lives matter. No one is saying that that is not the case, you know, but right now we like the focus is on black lives matter because until we can be a society where we can say all lives matter, then all lives have to be treated as equal. And that's not exactly. what's happening that there's there's many and it's not even just situations with the cops. It's like the situations that you're the profiling and that affects people's jobs that affects people's uh, experience when they just leave their house like this is this is a huge issue. So to say black lives matter does not does not also say not all lives matter. <laughs> It, 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 is, it is drawing attention to the massive problem that is currently unfolding. Like if you, if you were mm -hmm. trying to fix, I don't know, any kind of problem on anything, like let's just say like if you're trying to fix the problem of a car, you know, like you wouldn't say all the car parts matter. Like, no, it's like if your tire <laughs> fucking blue, it's like my tire matters right now. I have to fix the tire, you know, and it's like I'm not trying to like downplay like human life or anything. But do you, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I get this, we have to focus on the problem before we can say that mm -hmm. every everybody matters because we do, of course. Exactly. That's, that is baseline. Everybody matters, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, and a lot of people don't hear that. I think what it is is that all they're doing is hearing that Black Lives Matter. So to them, it's like, well, we don't matter. None of us matter. And it's like, no. Look, look at current events. That's all you have to do is look at current events. Look at what's been happening, and it should be very clear. It shouldn't be that difficult 
to understand or for somebody to like, just like what you said with the car incident, you could even break it down that way and it will still find some loophole to try to work in. Well, you know, if there's something wrong with the whole car that it's like, yeah. why are you, why are you fighting this? Why are you fighting so hard for this? Yeah. Like people like flip over backwards to like justify and you know, and it's like, and here's the thing. It's like, this is, these people that are operating from these these uh, conditioned racist uh, tendencies that they may not even know they have, uh, th- th- their worldview is beginning to be challenged. It's beginning to be shook uh, because mm. the world is not what it seems. Most people think cops are the shining example and the beacons of society protect and serve, but that is not the case. This is not. This hasn't been the case for a very long time for people of color, and mm. you know, and it's what. I, I used this example before, is that I, I cannot understand racism in the slightest. It does not make any sense to me. I love every, everybody is beautiful. Diversity is a wonderful thing, and I embrace it. I welcome it. I revel in it, and I want to experience as much, many cultures as I can. But because mm. that's my personal view does not mean that racism does not exist. You know, mm-hmm. it's like just because I can't understand it, if I were to deny that it was a thing, then that is that you're like gaslighting like an entire group of people. It's like just because it doesn't make sense to me doesn't mean it's not real, you know. And that that's yeah. what I think people need to realize too is that you can t- absolutely not be racist, but if you're denying that racism exists or make excuses for racism, you're perpetuating the problem. You're giving it a shield in which it can fester and hide in society like it has done for like two hundred plus years, you know. Mm-hmm. And people are going to keep, and that's the thing. It's just them not wanting to accept that change and knowing that there there's going to be a, a switch from what they consider the norm or something that they're just comfortable with. A lot of people just like life how it is. They don't want it to be changed. They don't want anything to switch because then that means big changes for them in their heads when realistically it's not going to be a big change for them. It's going to be a big change for the world. Everything is going to, things are going to get better. Um, but they're just stuck in their ways. A lot of people are just stuck and and comfortable with the way things are. And they're like, I don't want it to change. This is how it should be. Um, I was just having a conversation uh, uh, with Rain about uh, the, the topic of, of uh, slavery came up about the, um, our boys and, and talking with the boys about slavery. And I was like, aren't they getting taught that in school? And she said, no. That basically they they call that uh, um, a topic that's too t- touch uh, yeah, too graphic. Get the fuck or out of here! No way. That that's what she said, and she said that we would have to teach them, and which I don't doubt in the the slightest bit, because the way the school systems work, they're not. A lot of these kids are coming out, and they're not even aware of anything. Any you know, the the history books are. They pick and choose what these kids are learning and what makes, sad to say, what makes America look the best, you know, yeah, through the history, true. you know, and teaching kids about slavery is not going to be, you know, the best thing, especially the, the, the children of color. But it is a part of the history. And I think it is something that they should know and should learn about while they're in school. Absolutely. It's what the country was built on, unfortunately. The country's country is built on a lot of terrible things, but 
you know, yeah. they, they should they should hear about all of them. And the fact that this country was built on or from that person has a different skin color than mine. They're not human. I want to take what they have or use them to help. Like the whole thing is terrible. And all of that should that whole way should be switched. And I, I hope that that's like something that was just like either misread or misspoke. I hope these kids are being taught the, the way things are. Um, it's almost like that thing um, with the map. Like when uh, you ever see that picture that they, they posted, I can't remember, it was like a year or two ago. It was like the way maps are showed in, uh, the way the map is showed in school to kids to make them, um, basically America being like this huge thing and they've got like all these other little, here's this part of the world, here's that part of the world. But like the way they have America is like so big. And oh, I, I got, when we get off of here, I'll send it to you. Okay, um, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, and, and you don't really pay attention to it. It's like as a kid, you know, you see this thing, and but that's again, that's that conditioning, uh, and already getting that in to to the the head of the children, and somebody who's not taught anything different, like especially with the parents not teaching their kids anything different, and that's the way they're growing up, and that's what they're seeing, and that's what they're being told. That's just what they consider to be normal. Yeah, so you, it's it's that. You know, I wonder if, I mean, you could look at that uh, as, as two separate ways. Um, one, the nefarious angle of like whitewashing history, so it doesn't look as bad, uh, mm-hmm. and and that seems like that could be a conscious intent. Um, but also, you could look at that as I wonder if the the safe space mentality of the modern era is possibly contributing to that too. Like, oh, we can't tell kids about that. That's so horrible. And it's like, but like that has filtered into society as it is now. And that is like, as far as I'm concerned, like required learning to me, you know, like I was Uh fortunate enough in school, I was taught that and my, the, the two times that I was most interested in history was when we learned about like Trail of Tears and the atrocities to Native Americans and also slavery. Mm-hmm. Like I was, a, mm-hmm. I was a young kid, but like that shit like hit me hard and impacted me like in like, I, I guess positive ways. I don't know, because like, I'm like, oh my God, how could anyone ever treat someone that way? You know, like, yeah. like learning about it. I could handle, like we don't give kids enough credit, man. Like they can handle it. And I think it's absolutely important that, they learn that. And then that, that leads into an issue that, that we're talking that I haven't got to in any of these conversations is the school system. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. what our, our system of school, like setting race aside, it's just set up to make little worker bees of people. Like you just, it, your, your creativity, your imagination, fuck that shit. Uh, it's not important. It's not like, mm-hmm. just do that. Just put your head down and just be a little worker bee and because like first things to get cut are creative programs, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. all of it is just tailored for just like a bland conformist society. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I notice and I mention all the time is the way we learn when we first start versus how it is when we end or when you stop. When you first learning things in school, everything is bright, colorful, 
songs, dances, use your body, experience the world for what it is. And then all that stuff just slowed. Obviously, you know, having adults in college singing <laughs> dance would probably be a little off-putting. But I still feel like there's aspects, there's aspects of that that can be kept to help with learning. Like your favorite song, the reason why you, it's stuck in your head is because you sing it all the time or, or there's something about the rhythm of the music that can be incorporated and kept throughout the learning system uh, to help with retaining information. And that's why a lot of kids... A lot of kids, like I know for me, the reason why I was the way I was in school is because it wasn't entertaining enough. Um, luckily, I graduated high school and I did some college, but it wasn't what I wanted. But high school, you, you go, you sit down, you get talked to for however long that period is, and then you go to the next class and somebody else talks to you. And it, there was no, my favorite class was gym and art when I had art because those forced me to use my brain in a way that was creative and you know I felt good going to those those places uh, science was fun because that's you know you don't really get to do that kind of stuff we got to dissect a frog and it was it was dope it was really cool mm -hmm. so I feel like they have to take those kind of same learning styles and patterns and adapt them to learning English and adapt them to learning history and adapt them to learning social studies and all that stuff just to help the kids. Because if you think about a child who's growing up in, let's say they don't have the best of living situations, they don't have the best uh, maybe uh, parental figures, any one of those. The last thing that they're going to want to do is go to a place that's not entertaining or it's not challenging them mentally. Um, and I'm not talking about teaching algebra or calculus because uh, that stuff is just nuts. I don't know why anybody has to learn that. If you're not, if you're not trying to work for NASA or anything like that, you do not need that stuff yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, that should be like an elective class for those kids. They're just like the, you know, those type, those kids that just love their numbers. And it's like, all right, you're awesome, but like, I can't, I can't do that, man. Like, this is way too, way too much. Like. What? You've got a pocket calculator? Yes. You want to take out uh, a calculus. Like, I, my brain would almost explode. Like, I get the normal math stuff. My math stuff stops at, like, division and multiplication. Like, anything where you've got to find the square root of X divided by Y to get the triangle. I don't. What do you? What, why? Yeah. Why do I need to know? This? When is that going to be applicable in my life? I just start glitching out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like man i should have i should have knew what that triangle was um so yeah randy brought up a good point and uh this um so yeah for everybody watching too i think we'll we'll do a part where we open it up for uh live like we'll take you guys questions and stuff uh but uh, randy brought up a topic i wanted to uh talk about um so, well, first, Randy says, have your children ever approached you about having their own issues with racism in school or the social setting? So since you're raising the next generation, have they, what is their uh, view of racism and their experience? Well, with our oldest, um, 
I think he's got a good handle on his uh, ethnicity and his background uh, versus other ethnicities and backgrounds. I don't know if he's ever asked any questions. I don't think he's had any problems from what we know and what he's told us. Um, luckily, where we are, there's not really much of that. You know, um, he's he makes friends quickly. You know, uh, a lot of people like him. You know, they think he's really cool. But but he hasn't really approached us with any of like those issues where he's like he's being treated because of the color of his skin. Um, and our middle child, uh, Carter, I think uh, he's got like this. It's a weird little. I don't want to say a misunderstanding. Because he sees that his brother is a darker complexion than him. So he thinks that or thought that he was a different race. Mm. Um, so he was calling his brother. Uh, he, he knew that his brother was black, but he didn't associate as that. And I don't know if that was just like a, a mistaken, like not aware. But, you know, we told him, like, Carter, you're black, too. And he's like, but. And I think it's just like a young thing. I think that was more like a, just an observation. He's like, well, we're not the yeah. same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but uh, we, any issues that come up, whether it's regards race or anything like that, we try to tell them and inform them so they are made aware. But as of right now, there hasn't been any issues. Uh, I, I think that the school systems up here where we are, are much better um, than the city um, as far as keeping an eye on those kind of problems and not allowing those kind of kids or students to, I guess, stay in uh, an area. Where, like, I, I don't know if there's any problem kids in the, the, the school that my kids go to. Um, and the principal, he keeps us up. Like, this is the first principal that has, like, our cell phone numbers and calls us and keeps us like up to date with things that are going on. Like I've never had a school do that. Like, especially like in the city um, or they'll leave like messages. They've got like automated messages and they, they're very hands-on with the kids and they're very hands-on with the parents and everything is, we, we get emails from them daily um, about their work, about their grade, how good they're doing. So, as far as that question is concerned, um, no, they haven't had much issues with that in the school systems up here. Mm. Now, if you ever had to explain racism to the younger generation and your kids, like how would you go about doing that? Um, very, very simple. Uh, just teaching them that it's was based on ignorance um, and uh, thinking that one human being is better than another human being based on the color of their skin. Um, and just explaining how simply, how simply that that's wrong and the color of your skin doesn't make a difference. Um, the type of person you are does, <laughs> you know, you could be any race, and, you know, you can do anything. I don't feel like your race should stop you from being able to do anything. And, and like you said, it's, it's mind boggling why anybody would think otherwise or look at 
somebody of a different color or race and think to themselves like, I wouldn't want that person working for me or I wouldn't want that person doing anything for me or I'm going to make this person do something for me, uh, but for less than what they deserve because of their race. It's it's, It's all confusing. When I say it and the words come out of my mouth, my brain is like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, and again, I just want to illustrate that, that that's, that's a lot that happens to a lot of people. And then it's like, it's good. Like you should be perturbed and you should not be able to make sense of it. But again, like, please don't mm-hmm. deny that it's existence because it's a huge problem. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, yep. yeah. Um, so, uh, I was, uh, I talked to Tiffany just yesterday and she told, like, I learned a new term like colorism that I wasn't even aware of. That uh, mm. even within the uh, people of color of the community or the black community, there's um, there's sort of kind of well colorism between like different shades of black. Is that something that you've ever experienced or? I've well, I've heard about it. I've heard about it, um, and I've I've never personally experienced that, uh, but I know there's that. depending on what shade you are, excuse me, some people think that they're either better than the other shade or whatever. Um, I've just never experienced it. That's something else I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's something that may or may not be in, it's in, in our industry, like in the film industry, that's definitely something that comes up a lot. Um, based on what actor is going to play or what actress is going to play, especially for uh, there was this um, show, uh, Raising Dion, I think it was called. I think it was on Netflix or something like that. And I guess the original pilot that they shot, uh, the main female character was a little darker and she had a different style hair. Um, than the actress that they wound up going with. She was still African-American, but she was a lighter shade and her hairstyle was different. And the comments underneath, like, the trailer w- were of that. Oh, why did they go with the the lighter? There was nothing wrong with the first one that they had. Why did they wind up going with, like, a, a lighter skin um, a sister? Uh and it, it'll, it'll just you'll just see the comments flood in on that that the battle of mm-hmm. and who knows why they went with that actress maybe the other one wasn't available maybe the this one was the only one that they had or they like something I, I don't know what it is but that is something that is like a real thing that is happening on inside yeah uh, well Tiffany brought up a good point too uh, in relation to like acting is that there seems to be uh, a kind of in films we see this. Um, the like darker skin, uh, black women, they're sort of typecast as like sassy and, and, and like sometimes promiscuous and fiery. There's like, there's a certain personality type that is attached to that character. And then the lighter skin, Mm -hmm. uh, black women are more reserved and they seem more like, I guess, like put together or something, you know? And it's like, and this is how, uh, this is another way that racism sort of, seeps into things that we don't even realize like and again it's like a conditioning under the surface because now no matter what you do if we watch uh films and stories 
and a, a person that is a particular shade is always associated with a personality type, then you're going to start on you. It's, it's not even your, like you, you have no conscious control over it. You're just, you're always going to start no matter what subconsciously associating personality type with a shade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give everybody a, a mind blower right now. Um, based on what he said, the information he just got, the scene in The Little Mermaid where Sebastian is singing and he says the line, the blackfish will sing. The blackfish, if you listen to how she sings, she sings like a sassy black woman. She goes, ah! And as a kid, you, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't really think of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And the blackfish could have been anything. It could have been any type, but the fact that they chose to do that kind of soulful singing with the Blackfish, when you look at it now, you're like, you guys really did that in a in a kids cartoon. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that it's something that you know you may not think of, and now that people are starting to dive into this topic, you're going to start seeing it more often. It's like the number twenty three movie. It's like now that you're talking about it and now you're not going to be able to hear music the same. You're not going to be able to watch movies the same television, anything like that, because that's it. You're always going to think of it and you're going to start noticing when it's happening. And that's why I, I can't like, I want to have as many of these conversations as I can with as many different people of color, because like this, we need to start noticing these things. We have to like reprogram Mm -hmm. as a society and, and, Mm -hmm. and, in a, in a world that paints like diversity in its, in it, in its diversity, you know, like it's like, we had to stop this typecast. Like, I mean, like fucking, um, power Rangers, like the original power Rangers, the black Ranger was black. And then the yellow Ranger was yellow. Like now I'm not saying that that is like, they did that intentionally, but also it's kind of hard not to feel like they did that intentionally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like little subtle things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, for kids, you don't even pay it any kind of mind. You don't pay it any kind of attention because you're a child. And it's now that we're older. I remember seeing something about the Power Rangers that somebody did like a parody video. And, you know, basically uh, Zordon was giving out weapons and he gave the Black Ranger a gun and the parody, he was like, why do, why do I get a gun? Because I'm black. And, you know, it's, it's stupid. And, it, you know, it's, again, somebody pointing out what you just said. Like, did he have to be a black guy because he was a Black Ranger? Or was that just something that randomly happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Or was there something deeper there? And... It's it's really going to, like you said, start making people pay attention. It's going to change the way we look at things as a society and the way we do things. Not to say that somebody can't play a character that's a certain type because they fit. Like, like you were saying about the sassy black woman. Obviously, if that person fits the role and they get the part, they're not cast for whatever reason. But there should be a deeper dive into the way we do things. And, and I know that, uh, you know, films back in the day when they were made, everybody in the film was of a, a lighter complexion. And, you know, over they started allowing people of color to be in the films, but they would normally be like the help 
or somebody of not an important role. And then over the years that started changing. Um, and it's good to see that now we've got, you know, movies like the black Panther that was an all African-American cast, you know, with the exception of uh, like two people. Um, and these movies that have these strong, uh, black actors that are showing that they're capable of being on screen with the best of them. Um, and it's good to see, it's good to see that change. It's good to see people standing up and speaking, uh, on topics that they believe in. Yeah, and it, and it, it's interesting too. Like I, uh, we we have to start realizing that social media is not a novelty anymore. Like our generation mm -hmm. grew up through the MySpace era, and MySpace was like a fucking you know, it was like as a kid, it was a joke <laughs> thing. Was, but like slowly, social media has formed into an integral part of society. It might as well be considered a utility now. Because like it yeah. is that important. It is not as innocuous mm -hmm. and, and innocent as people like make it out to be. So we have to start um, mm -hmm. really thinking about how we interact with people on social media because that's predominantly like 90% of our interactions are through social media now. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I had this experience. I retweeted or reposted a, uh, a meme that was posted by a black woman that said something about like um, – if you're white and you're afraid to try to, you know, stick up for black people or something like, you know, if you play the piano, you're, you might not be good at it the first time, but you got to try and you got to practice, you know, and it's like, basically, mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't be afraid to try because the reason the silence is what is perpetuated this, you know, and then mm -hmm. some, some lady commented on it and, uh, with something about how she like didn't have a hand or something and couldn't play the piano, but like, and then, she also posted a picture with her with a black man and she said, and I adopted a black man or something. And, and like, Hello? can you hear me? Oh, can you hear me? Am I still here? Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. Uh, but and she posted a picture, like a photo with a black man and she was like, and uh, something about how like, and I adopted a black man or something. And it was like, I was like, it just doesn't, I think, I think maybe she meant well or something here. But like, I've in that moment I realized that like in today's era I'm gonna stop making assumptions and I'm gonna stop giving people the benefit of the doubt and I decided to just open the conversation with her. I was like, hey, you know, like first of all, in the tone of what I just posted, we we're talking about how you know uh, let's get better at our conversations and the way we discuss uh, when it comes to race. And it's like, say, just something doesn't really sit well about your comment like do you could you see a situation where that would like paint a weird picture especially right now you know um <laughs> and then she kind of got defensive and then started like she was she kicked in with this like look i've been through struggles like just like you and but and i'm like hold up man like uh, first of all like this is the problem is like people immediately get defensive when i'm like hey um let's dissect why you posted that and do, like, you know, to say something like I adopted a black man, like, do, do you think that that could imply that like the black man needed your help as a white lady? You know, like it just doesn't paint a right mm -hmm. picture. Uh, but then she yeah. like, totally didn't even like really address the problem and got defensive. And I still got to go back to that and like unpack that and like discuss. But it's like that. I think the main point I was building up is that on social media, I'm going to start just nicely or respectfully i don't know the right word but calmly uh calling people out you know like yeah. but not in a way like fuck you and this cancel culture stuff yeah. but in a way like hey uh, maybe you didn't think about this when you said that but 
here's here's what, you know what I mean like and, and it's again this yeah. like thing and then I think we should maybe all try to start doing that as especially if you're white I think if you see something like you should you I I think I don't know I think you should speak up yeah I think a lot of times it's it's they don't want to get involved because they feel like it's such a touchy thing and I think subconsciously they think like who am I like what what can I do or what can I offer to this but just saying something or being there as you know a a a white person just to say you know this all, this is injustice and it has to stop or whatever the case may be or just saying that they agree with what we're saying or that they are on the side of peace and opening having their eyes opened or opening the eyes of others and like that lady posting that she probably did mean well um to say that what is that called i'm trying to remember what that's called when you are being extra kind or too nice to somebody of color because you feel like you have to make up for what they've been through what is that called like um, is it is it white? Oh, what their or... race has of people have been through. I can't remember. There's a name for it. Hmm. Um, yes, yes, and I, I want to say yes and no. Uh, but I've exper- I've experienced that more than I've experienced more of the negative stuff, where I realize that somebody is re- Happy that either I uh, says poor connection. Is that me or you? Oh, I still see you. I think it just went through a little, little thing. You're still here. Oh, okay. So where they're being really nice and you know making sure that I'm okay and I have everything that I need, you know, because they feel bad in some sort of way and yeah i think it is kind of like that that like you said the white guilt and in my head i'm like why are they doing this like one time at a gas station i'll just use this example um there was a guy you know i was standing there waiting for him and he came into the 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 store and he was like oh he was like you're waiting for uh gas i was like yeah i just need like 10 on whatever pump i was on he was like, oh, man. He was like, oh, don't even worry about it. Oh, sorry about that. I was doing this. And, blah, blah, blah. and he went into like this whole like apologizing. He gave me a free slice of pizza. Then he pulls out his phone and he's like showing me these little black kids he adopted. Um, and and I knew like like, you know, you know, a person means well, but it's like. I, I, I don't know if you know how that's sounding or looking right now you know i think you think you're doing a nice thing or you did a nice thing but the way you're doing it right now doesn't seem it's not coming off that way yeah um and it's it's a strange thing and i think people need to just stop you know because i make this mistake i make typos all the time i'll post something and see a word and be like damn it of course i would misspell that word you see it before you press send, you know, double read it twice, show it to a friend and say, hey, how would you feel if 
somebody posted this on your thing or if somebody wrote this. That way you're taking the time to be educated enough to know that you may post something offensive without trying to be offensive. And don't get defensive if you get called out on it either. Yeah. That's because you should be able do. to realize that, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done. Yeah. And, and I think <laughs> it's and it, that sort of runs parallel to when I say it's like when we support the Black Lives Matter movement and the social revolution that's happening right now as white people, we have to make sure that we stand beside people of color and not in front of them. You know, yes. like we have to let people of color control the narrative, tell their story, and we just have to listen and support. Like what we can do as white people is create a space in which change can come, but it's like we're not, you know, it's, it's, black people aren't helpless or anything like that. You know, it's like, like the guy is like giving you a whole bunch of free stuff and and then it just comes off as like, and then the lady saying, well, I adopted a black man. And it's like, it perpetuates this (laughs) weird level of like, uh, still, inadvertently is saying that you're less than, you know, or you need mm-hmm. this. Like what we mm-hmm. need to do is change the system that allows <laughs> black people to move freely within the system, you know? And, and that's like, yeah. that's something that's uh, not like, that's a, a, a systemic change, you know? And I yeah. think, I think the reason why that rang a little bit off to me too, is because there's a, there's also this instance of you hear it all the time. Well, I have black friends. I'm not racist. And it's like, just because you and I are like the best of friends and I fucking love you to death, doesn't mean I can't say something that is inadvertently racist that, you know, Mm -hmm. what's your take on that? No, but it's true because I have, I've heard people say that to me before. One of the things that I come across all the time is going to a bar and some white dude or white woman has had one too many and they, you know, they either say you're cool for a black guy or they'll just say something else that's just like, oh, you know, you know, I'm not I don't mean anything by that. You know, I, I have black friends or, you know, my daughter's married to a black guy or, or something like that. And it's like, OK, I get what you're trying to say, uh, but it's it's not again, it's thinking before you speak and. Uh, just because, like you said, just because you have black friends doesn't mean that you're not racist or you haven't done something racist or what you're doing right now is, <laughs> is currently racist, you know? Yeah. Um, just, like I said, take take the moment to think. People, take a moment to think before you say or do anything with anything in your life. Don't just go around doing stuff, but... More so now than ever before, I think there needs to be a look inward uh, about what people are doing or not doing um, to respect or to disrespect uh, somebody's culture or their background. Yeah. And then I, so I want to crack open. We kind of touched on it, but the concept of like white guilt or white shame and, and I'll just tell you how I feel about it. And then I want to mm-hmm. hear how you feel about it, because like, that's the point of this. Like, I, I don't think I have all the answers. And, and I like the best thing that you could do is listen and be receptive. And so for me, mm-hmm. when it comes to white shame and white guilt, it's like I, I don't think that we as white people should be like 
oh man, like fuck, fuck us, fuck white people. You know, it's like all this like shit. And it's like, you know, cause that's a huge thing. It's like these well-meaning people that like support Black Lives Matter and stuff are like, yes, definitely white people have historically done a lot of shitty things. Um, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it, it pushes the conversation in the right direction or society in the right direction to start internalizing all of this stuff because right now we're living in the modern era where, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to do it. Most, most people alive right now uh, have never had any involvement in slavery or anything, you know. Mm -hmm. And But I think it's absolutely possible to support the Black Lives Matter movement and the fight for equality without shaming your your white self i don't know what do you think about that no it's very true it's like with any situation it's this let's go back to the instance of the car you brought up the car mm -hmm. so let's go back to that because i think that's a topic that everybody can understand mm -hmm. you know somebody either had a hard time with a car, you're not going to, if you can help them, you do help them, but you don't, you don't help them with the car and then either throw in their face that you, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to make this work in, in that way is you, it's not your fault that their car, something happened to their car, yeah. you know? So just, Treat it like you would any situation. If you're going to help somebody, help somebody. But don't do it because you feel like we like, – like you're saying, like we need it or like we can't do it on our own. You know, If you're going to help, if you're going to be there for the Black Lives Matter movement or if you're going to talk out about this topic and really mean it and not just do it because you don't want to be – you know, I, I feel like – some people are doing it or because they don't want to be on the opposite side. You know, they're do if you're going to do it, do it 100 percent. Like, say, man, this means a lot that you're actually doing this and you're putting your time and 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 your investment into this and talking about this and getting the word spread out there. That really means a lot. And I know that a lot of people of color right now are going to either watch this or hear this and like, thank you, because this really means a lot that this word is getting out there, you know, and if you're going to help again, if you're going to help help, don't feel like, don't feel guilty that you, that we've, uh, people of color have been treated the way we've been treated because at the end of the day, it's not your fault. You didn't come into this world and put this curse on us, you know, but you can help and you can share the word and you can spread awareness and let people know. And, if you've got anybody in your family who feels otherwise or is doing something that's like, hey, you probably shouldn't be doing that, like Sig said, feel free to speak up in a way that's respectful where you're not, you know, disrespecting or making a, a huge scene. There's ways to to call uh, the negative things that people are doing to attention without being disrespectful or without fighting or making a huge thing out of it. Like. Uh, I like I told you, I posted the Black Lives Matter thing and some guy wrote something on it. And, you know, I had two people right underneath it. But my response to it was, hey, uh, I understand what you're saying, but that's not the issue right now. You know, and then he posted something else. And I think he put something, sent me something through my inbox or something like that. And, 
you know, I had to write uh, this comment and, you know, I said, I understand basically that all life is precious. That's not what the issue is right now. Uh, so, you know, if you see something that you don't like or if you see something that my friends or my fans are commenting on my page and you don't like it, feel free to keep scrolling. Because I feel like a lot of people see that as an attack on them. Um, so they feel like they have to type something or they feel like they have to say something or they they feel like what we're saying or what they're seeing is wrong and they have to correct us. Yeah. Um, and like I said, the last time I checked, this was a free country where we have freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Yeah. You know, I think. And, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I think some of that when it comes to that all lives matter things, I think that. Uh, it's jarring to some white people because white people have always been a part of the conversation, always. Mm -hmm. And and now mm -hmm. when we have to deviate from the normal mainstream conversation and actually have real conversations about marginalized people, they immediately mm -hmm. feel uh, like freaked out because they're not the center. They're not the center of attention and, and the main topic of discussion. And I think that is, it's subconsciously jarring for people. And, you know, it, mm. and I think that's what people just have to come to terms with. Like, like we said, to say black lives matter, is not like your white life is still going to be there. It's not going anywhere. You know? like, so, so let's, you know, like, let's come together. And, and the thing I'm doing with like a reverentism mm -hmm. is crazy because since last year, I was trying to build this movement. That's all about bringing people together of different types and we're in embracing individuality and using uh, the collective to focus on the, the group's individual problems in a collective way. And then this starts happening. And then I'm just like, wow, see, this is, we need to rally behind the black community right now. And we need to demand justice. We need to demand systemic change because the, the, this, like the oppression of people of color is a huge domino that is supporting this entire fucked up system. If we topple that domino, then all of like trans rights, like uh, other people of color, like non-black people of color, like all of this stuff is going to start to work itself out. But this is the huge obstacle right now that we as a group have to come together to to push over. And then the momentum from that is going to carry us into the All Lives Matter movement. Oh, yeah. And the sad thing is, is that a lot of the people that are speaking out against the Black Lives Matter, they don't want that other stuff to come into fruition either. They're against a lot of that stuff as well. So they feel like they're the ones that are holding that domino up. They're the ones that are on the other side stopping that domino from falling because they know once that domino falls over, all these other things are going to start happening that they're either not going to be comfortable with or that they don't agree with. And it's sad. It's, it's really sad. Yeah. Um, but I think I truly believe that there are more people that are have an like an ideal future for equality for all than there are of those people holding that domino up for sure. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a loud thud when it finally falls over. <laughs> it sure is. I mean, it's yeah. It's, <laughs> the last five days have felt like five years, man. Like so much has happened, and and it, I've never seen anything more beautiful and and horrific in my entire life. Like it's yeah. to see everybody coming together to literally risk their lives for a marginalized group of people is just it's amazing. You know, it's like I've waited my whole life for this to like start happening, you know, and, and I think a mm -hmm. lot of people have. And, you know, and that's just me from my white perspective. You know, it's like, of course, like people of color have been waiting, you know, like 
for like the last 400 years or so, you know, like, yeah. Um, so now's a good time. So if you guys have any, uh, questions, uh, now's the time to ask, like we're, we're here, we're just having an honest, open, genuine discussion about race and racism. And if there's anything that mm. you, uh, want to understand or something like uh go ahead and ask in the comments and we'll we'll do our best to answer that or discuss it or unpack it at least because like i mean basically there are no simple answers to any of these questions mm -hmm. um but we'll never figure out answers if we're not having the conversation i think is there uh anything that you want to add as, while we're waiting for questions to pop up hmm. uh, uh oh go ahead is there is there time for a quick bathroom break? Uh, sure, you can take a quick bathroom break. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, the, so maybe maybe a question will come in. I'll be right back real okay, quick. Okay, yeah. Uh, so the Green Yeti, uh, right. this is uh, my pal Rashad. We met on Face Off. Uh, we were both on a show that we did makeup effects. And you can see all of his, uh, that's all his work there in the backdrop. Um, and I would encourage you to, like, um, you know, I don't want people to feel shy uh, right now. We're not here to attack anybody, um, like, in a sense, trying to create a safe space for an unsafe topic. Hey, Mom, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Uh, but again, if you're just joining us, uh, we're opening up the floor to questions, anything you had, uh, or input if you're a person of color or white person like we're just we're cracking open this conversation that needs to be had that uh is long overdue so oh so basically um we yeah we've just been discussing uh race like what i'm trying to do with these this these podcast episodes and this live stream is uh, mainly just listen like i can have a perspective as a white person uh but i will never ever absolutely never know what it's like to be uh, person of color um, and you see sometimes white people are like uh, you know yeah well my life is hard too and everything and it's like yeah you know here's the thing is that everybody's life is baseline difficult life is fucking hard but if you take all of those baseline problems of life being hard and then you add on top of that being black then there's a whole set of problems that you have to deal with on top of the normal set of problems that everybody has to deal with so we can't compare if you're if you're white you just you just can't like stop like don't even try to say yeah but my life is hard too y yes it is it absolutely is like everybody's <laughs> hard, you know but you know mm -hmm. imagine it being that hard and then adding the struggles of being black on top of it yep um so let's see so new new way says how can we best spread the work of artists of color without it seem like you're trying to boost your own platform also, y'all are two of my favorites from Face Off. Oh, thanks. Thank y'all. Just sharing uh, without putting any – like I always tell people don't try to do too much because that's usually – that's when it's going to come off as is like when you're trying to do too much or just share it like you would anything else. Be like, hey, I think this guy is dope. Check out his work. Yeah, I think um... – you know, I think that, you know, there's this movement, the, the muted movement or the amplify, like hashtag amplify uh, melanated voices and stuff. So actually the, the space is being created for you to share uh, people of color as work and it not seeming that way. Because right now I think it's amazing that the, the collective conversation has shifted to, 
hey, yeah, we need to start amplifying melanated voices. We need to uh, give a platform. And I think at least from where I'm at, it's like anytime I could like I, I can have my opinions and my perspective, but I always acknowledge that it's coming from a limited white perspective and just do your best to let people of color speak and and you share their voice and you know like yep. just just be there to support and back up uh yep. let's see you got anything to add to that no that was well said sir well oh, said you. uh randy says a lot of people are wanting to share people of color's businesses at this time are there any projects or business endeavors that he would like to share do you know anything any resources or platforms or uh, like share my own or just give, uh, what does she mean? Projects or business endeavors. Maybe, have you heard of anything, a collective, a group or a cause or anything that is sprung up that, uh, worth sharing or. Oh, no, not currently. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the green says the higher difficulty baseline for people of color is totally there, but it shouldn't be used as a way I can't do well because the world is against me, which I've seen happen. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's like a very uh, it's a very many layers to to this the struggle and uh, just life in general. You know. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This we is a good. That. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna move on. So go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's basically touching on. We know that everybody's nobody's got an easy life. Even people born with silver spoons in their mouth, they're not, they don't have easy lives either. So we know that that's something that everybody goes through. And we would never try to project that anybody has an easy life. Um, but, you know, don't don't try to don't try to do that thing where you're like, my life is my life is equally as hard. Do you know that I stubbed my toe yesterday and I cried for 20 minutes? It's like, okay. But I make a joke of it and that that's just my personality. It's a real serious thing, but yeah, don't do the don't do the leveling thing. Yeah. And and that's a, um I was talking to Alex about it too. It's like it's hard to get people to pay attention to this stuff sometimes because it's deep, heavy stuff, man. Like there's there's no easy way to talk about it. It's it's mm. it's fucked up, you know, for for lack of a better mm. word. And uh yep with in a sense what i'm trying to do with the podcast is it's weird i'm trying to find this this balance of like bringing some fun flair and and artistry and and entertainment aspect to it to keep yeah. people engaged but also like i'm i'm trying to find this balance where it doesn't come like hey look at this you know like let's talk about racism <laughs> you know? it's like because i fully acknowledge like how heavy the subject is um but you know it's just trying to figure out how to find that balance, you know? Um, well, you don't, man, I was going to say we could drink next time, but <laughs> you don't, you don't drink anymore. I, I don't drink anymore. Yep. Um, um, so oh, maybe we could paint we paint. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, and then, I mean, we're rocking like solid viewership too. It's like, I, I feel like I, I would, I think right now just the tough conversations need to be had. I think like people just need to deal with it, you know, and, and as the movement progresses, I think we can get more and more fun and bring in the artistry and the, 
you use art and creativity to drive it further. But right now that domino has mm. got to topple, you know? So right now it's like, yeah. you got to hit the, the hard there. shit. Yeah. Uh, so new way, why, uh, says what typical mistakes do you see, uh, uh, white allies make that you wish you could point out? And that's a good question. I wanted to get to that too. Uh, what's some like white ally? No, no's. Um, white ally no nos. I think. Oh, there's. I just saw a conversation that happened uh, where someone was. Uh, I think it, it was like a situation where. Uh, actually, let me let me read it because I screenshotted it. But yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you got something, go for it. No, I, I mean, I think we touched on uh, a couple of them. Um, the, you know, the the woman in his case and the guy in my case, basically having adopted uh, or, yeah, adopted uh, children of color, and kind of using them as a, I don't want to say a trophy, but using them as a, like. Uh, what would you call that, Sig? Uh, like a medal of honor almost. Like I'm above reproach or I'm above anything because I have – look, look at this. It's almost like an award almost. Look yeah. at this thing that I have that takes me so far away from suspicion or anything because I have this thing. Like yeah. we're not – you know, people of color are not awards. We're not trophies, you know, I would hope that you adopted that kid because they were in need um, and you could give them a better life and not because they were of color and you were going to use that as a card later in life, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So there was a situation that I saw on social media where um, some guy was saying that he wants to make a new friend of a different color like a month, like kind of they wanted to start a movement where it's like, make a friend of a person of color every month or something like that. And it's like, then uh, Tiffany, who was on uh, episode 71, she uh, engaged him and stuff. And it's like, it was that kind of like, hey, you know, this sort of paints the wrong message, you know, in a sense. Like, mm -hmm. it's that feels that feels a little cringy and a little, a little strange. Like, like, obviously that person had good intentions because, like, we should all have friends mm -hmm. of color. And, yeah, of course, everybody should be along. But, like... To make a movement based solely on the seek out people of color and befriend them just feels a little yeah. weird, you know. And mm -hmm. and when when Tiffany suggested that, and a lot of people of color were speaking on it, uh, there was you know somebody else chimed in and like basically said that people of color need to be like patient and willing to talk and uh, and understand that they don't mean any harm. And if they make a suggestion that's offensive, like don't take it that way. And to me. I think everything she just said needs to be flipped back on white people because <laughs> yeah, because right now you have to understand that like people of color don't owe white people anything, you know, it, mm -hmm. it, it's and some people and rightly so uh, are, are very angry about the, these racial injustices that have perpetuated for years. So if you're a white person and and a person of color lashes out at you or or something you should never react in a volatile way it's 
like white people are mm. the ones that need to understand white people are the ones that need to be patient and white people are the ones that need to listen. And, you know, mm. like, what do you think about that? It's very accurate. And like I said, it, 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 in my mind, it's definitely about the person. Obviously, you know, I, I don't think what Sig is saying is like, if somebody's being, uh, I don't know, obnoxious or doing something that they're not supposed to do, you know, you're not like, I'm trying to figure out how somebody could have heard that and <laughs> not understood what you meant by it. Um, but, you know, just understanding and if you want to do something to help, if you want to do a movement, if you want to join a movement to help, really think about what it is that you're saying and what you're asking. Like that whole uh, color, getting a different person of color a month, like that, I, I again, that sends the wrong message. I don't, just think about that as a normal thing. Like imagine somebody just said that out of the blue and had nothing to do with, with any kind of current events. Or if your brother said that to you, or if your father said that to you, how would you, respond with that you know um and again it just goes with common knowledge and and thinking before you speak um and think of better ways to help help people of color like get their word out like sig is doing he's doing this podcast so people like myself can come on here and talk about either things that i've been through or ways that others can help or things like that speak our word um which is pretty cool uh i have to say Thanks, man. Like it's, I did a lot of thinking about like how I could best help. And I, I think one of the most powerful things we can do is to help someone understand. And, you know, and, and like I said earlier, like the people of color, their struggle and what they, what they experience on a daily basis is not, that's not my story to tell. Um, but Mm -hmm. I do have a platform and I have resources that I can make sure that story gets heard. And I, and I think yeah. that's, that's what you and should look at the way, hmm? And look at, look at the way it's advertised. You didn't, you didn't advertise it. I'm going to have my friend of color <laughs> tell his colorful story of how the color, like you, you, you did it in a way that is respectful and, you know, I'm able to come on here and talk and, you know, you not, it's not a trophy. You're not showing me off or showing the people that you have off on the show. Um, like it's it's an award and you're doing it in the best way you know how in a respectful manner. And I think that's what is a major part of it. Um, just treating me and anybody else how you would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And and help help without like help in ways that it's not like you're, you, you're painting a picture that black people are less than are incapable of helping themselves. That that's a big yes. Thing, you know, it's like yeah, we all like we are all outraged. This is this is tough shit, and it's time it's fucking changed. You know, like yes, uh, but make sure you don't just like over overstep your bounds here on on that because it is very easy to let that like that the pain in my heart it hurts for the world and people of color and I I, I like I'm there like I'm fucking bah! but you know like you gotta you gotta take a second and like sort of examine that like unpack it a little bit and then figure out the best ways that you can be the best ally because we all have different lives and we all have different resources 
And I guarantee mm-hmm. you that every single person that wants to help the movement, you have multiple ways that are specific to you that you can help and in, in your own mm-hmm. way. Because there is no one way to yep. help this problem because this problem is no one-size-fits-all problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when, when people seek out like... Um, this is this is an interesting thing that I think we have to. And the better, the more we talk about it, the better, because uh, like Green Yeti is kind of bringing the conversation back around to like uh, people like seeking out black businesses or something just because they're black and things. And it's like mm. there's a there's an interest. And in, and I honestly I don't I don't know the best way to go about this too because like same thing with like uh, sharing people of color's work and stuff. It's like I don't want to do that in a way that it makes it look like they're not capable, but also there there's undeniably historically and systemically been barriers between people of color and being seen and you know so it's like how do, how do we navigate that like how how do we how do we basically share black businesses and support black businesses without doing it just because they're black but i don't even you know what i mean is you know what i'm trying to say it's like but but also that is the point too because so it's like, I don't know. Am I making sense? Um, no, you make it perfect sense. And I guess that's that slippery slope of, you know, I guess it all depends on how you do it. Yes, I'm doing it because this is a business of color, but I'm not doing it because this person is incapable of doing it themselves. So I, I, I don't know what that would be or what that would look like. And also doing it when it's not around one of these times. Um, Cause I know there's like that explosion of, you know, when something like this happens where everybody's on board and everybody's sharing this stuff and posting this stuff, but also keeping in mind that once this does find a way to resolve itself, keeping that train going and, you know, not just, doing it when it's relevant yeah i think that's a good way to show and support as well yeah i think it's uh it's important like basically the system has kept people of color like down here for so long like undeniably so until we get people of color like back here with everybody else then it's the same issue of Mm -hmm. like black lives matter versus all lives matter um just because we're supporting black businesses and going out of our way to bring a lot of light to that uh, I think right now it's actually it's just societally necessary. Um, yeah, you know because like it, that is the point to share black business because they're black because we have to fi- we have to make this right and that's the only way to do it is to get everybody back on the equal footing. You know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, like? words of encouragement for people out there in the protests or anybody like fighting for the fighting for equal, you know, fighting the good fight. Yeah. Just uh, the one thing I always say is just to be safe. I know it's, these are not safe times and it's kind of hard when you're trying to get the, the, the justice and the system corrected. Um, It's kind of hard to be safe in those times because again, it's not a safe world and it's not a safe terrain to walk on you know it's not a smooth road it's it's a mountain basically and there are huge rocks and huge obstacles and 
Um, just if you're going out to protest, make sure that you are staying safe um, and make sure that you are, you know, this is something that you, again, and I, I said it earlier, I'll say it again, make sure this is something that you're doing because you believe in it and you want to see change and not just to save face, you know, not just to be out there so you can be in a picture or just to say that you do it. Make sure that this is really coming from your heart and something that you believe is the right thing to do. Yeah, that's great. And and also I said it in the last episode, I'll say it again. If you're white, please do not loot and do not destroy. You're there to support the protest. And, yeah. and honestly, like, again, it, it we until the standard is the same for everybody there is a different standard right now and it's like if mm-hmm. if black people are looting or vandalizing you know it's like i can i there, i can't even say anything about that you know that is that's not my place to say anything it's mm-hmm. there has been history of oppression and and so much fucked up shit that has happened to the black community so how they deal with it is completely uh, up to the black community, you know, like you, mm. and if you're at a protest, you're just you're just there to support if you're white, you know. That's- yeah. If, if you're uh, and I understand with being I understand that people are fed up, you know, uh, the, the, the my culture, you know, with people dealing with so much, they've had enough and there's only so much that you can take. There's only so many times that you could poke the bear before he's finally going to bite your head off, you know? Mm -hmm. And this is one of those times. And if you need to express yourself in a way, like Sig said, whether you're white or whether you're black, send the correct message. That's all I'm going to say. I I don't want to say that anything is being done in a wrong way or anything is being done in a super correct way, but make sure that you're, if you're out there protesting, make sure you are sending the right message and you're doing what's going to help, like Sig said, topple that domino over. Yeah. And um, Green Yeti says he enjoys this environment to, to have these discussions. And yeah, this is uh, uh, issues of race. It's always you always run the risk of it being potentially potentially offensive. Um, but mm-hmm. as long as the way I look at it is as long as you are receptive and you frame everything that you say as almost as a question when it comes to race and be receptive to the answer when it comes from people of color. Don't say, yeah, but what about, or yeah, this, but just say, okay, and just listen to that. Mm-hmm. Take it in and absorb that and know that, uh, and again, it's like, we can't be painting with broad brushes here. It's like, not all people of color have the same view about racism either. So it's like, mm-hmm. and, and we shouldn't be like, oh, Rashad said this, so this is how all people of color feel. You know, <laughs> and, and yeah. that's why I want to have as many different voices of color on on this show to to get all the angles, to get all the perspectives, because there in in all of the perspectives lies the path to true equality and understanding. Yes. And uh, like Sig was saying, if you're listening to somebody talk and make sure that you're listening more than just listening to respond. And if you do respond, try not to use the word but, because the second you say but, you just negate everything they just said. And it's like you're argument, arguing or, or having a debate with them. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's another good one, too. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to respond to a person, like, that's just a good rule of thumb. Like, do not start with but. 
uh, you can ask for further clarification <laughs> and, you know, like understanding, because of course, like, like we said, these issues are complicated and they're not, there's no easy answers. So it's fine to ask mm -hmm. for further clarification. But as soon as you start mm -hmm. with, but it, it immediately sets the tone <laughs> of like, I heard you, but <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> okay, but no buts, man, no buts, no buts, <laughs> no buts. This is not a music video. Uh, so let's see, is, um, is anybody else, uh, have any questions and do you have anything that you'd like to say, Rashawn? Um, just again, thank you for this platform for people like myself to, uh, hop on here and be able to speak and express, um, and feel free, anybody who's watching or listening, uh, if you want to promote a business or you know a business feel free to do so um in a way and not feel like shamed or guilted into doing it make sure you're doing it again not because it's current but because you either you, you appreciate uh the art or you appreciate the business um and support it more than sharing uh you can share it but show that yes you support them uh, however you can, um, and make sure that your voice is heard. Don't, you don't have to hide in the shadows during this. Cause like six said, it is a very touchy subject and a lot of people much rather stay out of it than to go get into it and say something wrong. But just as long as you're supporting and you say that you want to see change and you want to see a change in the way that people of color are treated, that's all you have to do and you're saying the right message. Yeah, and I think uh, another tip to get involved in it because like also I see that a lot of people are watching right now that like saying things like, I see your silence, you know, like not saying something also kind of sends a bad message this time because right now is a time for massive change and I'm not trying to pressure anybody to speaking up or anything, but uh, I do encourage it and I would say if you're gonna speak in matters of color or race, Include in your message that just like, hey, I recognize the limitations of my white perspective. Uh, this is this is my this is my perspective. Um, it, can you can you help me understand or is there something wrong with this? Like just ask, ask questions rather than saying making statements, I think, is a good rule of thumb. You know, you can't really say anything wrong if you're asking a question. It said, listen. I've never been shot, but I know it sucks. Okay. And I can't, <laughs> I can't speak on that because that's, I, that's never happened to me. So I, it's, it's the same with anything like of that situation. You don't know what it's like to live the, the life that any person of color has lived, but you can recognize that it may be a sucky situation at the time, or maybe that person hasn't had it the best. And like Six said, you, you, you have a limited perspective, but you do realize that there needs to be some kind of change. Yeah. And, it, you know, another thing that I think everybody could do is, um, you know, uh, watch, learn black history, watch documentaries, uh, maybe instead of, you know, whatever shitty TV show you're going to watch, maybe like queue up some uh, black documentaries. Like there's amazing ones on Netflix, like Nina Simone. Uh, last year around this time, Randy and I spent Black History Month just watching uh, black history, like listening to soul music, 
uh, watching documentaries. Like, if you want, to, there's no way that you can under like, there's no way that you can know what it's like to be a black person. But if you want to feel the the soul and the struggle, I'm telling you, listen to music that was made back in that that like those songs could be like written today. Like right before this interview, I was listening to uh, Nina Simone sit live sing uh, the song "Why," and it's about Martin Luther King had just been killed, and it was like. I, I cried, dude. Like it was, it was powerful, and it was like that was a moment in time where like this massive figure in civil rights was just killed, and then like, you know, like if you want to understand the story, start reading the story. You can't, you can't understand anything if you haven't like read the book or watched the film. You know, like, d- like do your best to learn Black history because uh, if, apparently it's being erased from schools and shit. Uh, so like you have to. You have to seek it out and listen. I think as like that will give you a greater understanding, and that's something that you can do. You don't even have to interact with other people. Just understanding mm-hmm. the struggle is a powerful thing. Yeah, and along those lines is if like Sig did right now is doing this uh, live stream and asking me about my story and how I dealt with certain things and hearing my side of the story and, and getting to to know what I went through personally, somebody who he knows and is very good friends with, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> just talking and, you know, doing what people are supposed to do naturally without any kind of boundaries or hindrances. Uh, uh, and like this black history is filled with stories and, and, Things that people went through that uh, I don't know how I would feel if I even, you know, we're going through this time right now, but there are people who've been through worse situations and worse scenarios, stuff that'll just make you say, how, how did you, how did you do that? Or how did you go through that? Mind boggling stuff, but they've done it. So do your history. You can read up, you can watch up, listen up. Um, There's. There's a lot out there. Yeah, when they see us on Netflix is a must-watch. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Is that the, about the Central Park yeah. Five or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, man, that was probably one of the most emotional experiences of watching something. It was so deep, and it touched on so many like the thing that those boys went through is just again like how i don't know how they did it i wouldn't have been able to personally deal with that um especially that if you haven't watched it i don't even want to say anything if you haven't watched it go and watch it and it's i know some people may watch it and think no they they kind of they kind of boosted this up or kind of exaggerated it for netflix no (laughs) what they show you on there is what happened to those boys in real life and they've got the the footage they kind of cut back and forth from uh and during the end of the actual uh recordings of the boys and it's man i it's one of those things you're gonna cry so just just know that you're you're definitely gonna cry um when they see us is it still up there uh, the and on Netflix, or yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, it was a Netflix original, I would assume. Um, 
Yeah, and, and, you know, that's another instance of art transmuting an experience that, you know, we we relate to fictional characters all the time. And, and we actually, like, you know, if the world can watch fucking Game of Thrones and, and flip a table, like, and have a nerd rage because Daenerys did this or something in the end, like, if you can get that emotionally invested in a fictional character, then you need to start watching, like, things that happen to real people and identify with <laughs> real people and their struggle. You know what I mean? Like, it's like... Watch that kind of stuff. Learn the struggle of black people, and and you, that's that's how you can understand. I mean, do the, the closest that you could get, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, another thing that I just want to add to that, uh, that just like reaching out and listening to people of color and stuff. You also, uh, mm-hmm. when, outside of us right now, like we're like I don't know of many other people doing this, like in, in this format like just sitting down like hey look we're going to talk about race and racism you know uh things are really volatile right now uh not everywhere is a safe space to talk about it and some people of color aren't necessary they're they're having you have to remember they're having these kinds of conversations on a daily basis with many people uh and they're going to get exhausted sometimes and and they're going to be frustrated mm-hmm. and not every person of color might be willing or able or down to talk about stuff like this, you know, at right now. So that's something mm-hmm. to keep in mind too, you know. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely something to uh, uh, to keep in mind. Um, and that was a very good. That was a great point that you brought out about how angry people get over um, watching fictional characters and getting angry on fictional characters. Is like, imagine how angry you would be if you heard some of the stories and you know what i think it is again i think it's just people enjoying the escapism that film and television brings because it's not real uh i think a lot of people know that real life is hard enough and that they they just don't want to deal with knowing that these kind of things are going on they're better off in their fantasy world and uh, living that life. And, you know, they've got their horse, their horse blinders on where they're just looking at what they're looking at and the world is just kind of passing them by. So never forget that we we're living a story and we're all characters in the story that we are living. And we mm-hmm. can tell, we can tell an amazing, we need to stop trying to escape from this story and, and start figuring out how we can tell an amazing story that we're living. Yep. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I I feel like, yeah, we could do multiple ones as as the movement progresses too. I'd love to have you back and, and just keep discussing because it's an ever changing, uh, topic that, that is, you know, it's every single day, something new happens and something radically changes. Um, Mm -hmm. my mom said she misses your laugh and us all hanging out together and hopes that we can hang out. (laughs) And do karaoke. <laughs> um, I see that the looting keeps getting brought up in the chat. And I mean, we can revisit that a little bit. Like, honestly, I, I just think that there's, as a white person, like, I, I, of course, everybody can denounce looting and destruction of property, for sure. Like, nobody wants that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right no. now is, if things don't break down enough, like, pe- things don't change when people are comfortable. So mm-hmm. I feel like at the beginning, uh, I think that the looting and the destruction has made a point. It's like, look, shit's going to mm-hmm. hit the fan if 
is things are going to easy like easily devolve into chaos if shit doesn't change. So I think that the point mm-hmm. has been made with the looting and the violence. And I think now, like, but again, it's not my place to speak. But from my perspective, I would hope, and it seems like I'm seeing this, is that now they're moving into just focusing on the peaceful part and trying to self-police and trying to stop people from doing that. Because right now mm-hmm. what's important is that, like, it is. The peaceful, the peaceful protest is the ideal scenario. But when yes. people don't listen to that, inevitably people are going to start breaking shit and rightly so, you know, but mm-hmm. we're all in agreement that nobody wants shit to, to break. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. <laughs> we don't want shit broken. We don't want shit stole. We just, we just want, but like six said, sometimes the peaceful standing out there holding a sign doesn't always get the message across. Not everybody's listening to that. People are driving past that. People are switching the channel. Nobody, but when things start getting broken into, things start getting set on fire. Now you're getting the attention. Now you're getting people look. Now you're getting people watching. Yep. So now, that's now, how the message is being across. Every oh, single period in in history uh, has like violence of some sort has led to massive change, and it's just it's yeah. unfortunately like how did that's why nothing has changed in the United States for so long is because we've all been cushy and just comfortable enough. That's the thing. Yep. It's been way fucked up. But we've been complacent because we're like, eh, I guess it's not that bad. And we think that not that bad is normal. And for some mm-hmm. of us, it's been very bad. You know, like there are different levels of bad. Um, but yeah, and also the thing is, is like when people, a lot of reports that uh, the cops have just been antagonizing and brutalizing people that were straight up being peaceful. I mean, the fucking mm-hmm. president ordered people to be tear gassed just so he could walk across the street to a fucking church. I know when you see those videos online of like smoke gas going off in the crowds, like it looks innocuous and it's like a fog machine or some shit. That is a toxic chemical irritant that is made to like choke you and burn your eyes out. Like it, it's not <clears throat> that that is like really wrong. And the pepper bullets and the rubber bullet, like that shit is fucked up and that should never be employed on people peacefully protesting. So yep. that's my take on that. And they were shooting them. The, for those of you who don't know, okay, rubber bullets are meant to be deflected off of a surface to then hit the target. So the velocity is slowed down. Mm-hmm. And I just learned this not too long ago. Yeah. But people are being shot with rubber bullets at point blank range. Yep. And, and I don't even know what the, I'm scared to even think about what that does. But the fact that that's what it was made for and the way that they're, they're being used, misused by the people who are supposed to use them is just it's fucked up. It's wrong. Yeah. I, I, like especially people who are not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're doing what they have the freedom to do and they're being punished for it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, Again, uh, like Six said, we could. <laughs> this is a topic we could just keep keep going. More yeah. things just pull something else out of the hat. Yeah. I mean, uh, to wrap that one up, it's like I've seen at least four instances of someone shot in the forehead and it has exploded their eyeball. So they're permanently blind. Uh, yeah. See, yeah, new new way mm. of saying it. Yep. So and, and it can send skull fragments into your brain. So it's like, whew. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, I mean, we could we could wrap this up now if you want. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. tell us uh, <laughs> where where can uh, people find you? And you got any new projects on the horizon? What you what you up to these days? Well, if people want to find me, they could find me at Rashad Santiago, both on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, my Twitter is like Rashad and a bunch of numbers. But I think if you just type in Rashad, my Twitter will come up. Uh, working on commission pieces. You can find me on Etsy at RS Studio Creations um, on Etsy. And I am working on a short film entitled Terror from Beyond Beyond, uh, which is a 1950s stylized monster movie. Uh, we're pulling out all the stops for this. And if you guys want to support us, please go follow the the Terror from Beyond Beyond movie on Instagram. Um, and we also have a Kickstarter up right now. Um, and uh, yeah, what's the, that's where you can find what's me. What's the Kickstarter? How do we get there? Oh, you can. I have a link to it in my Instagram, uh, both on my normal Instagram link in the bio. Or if you follow the at Terror from Beyond Beyond movie on Instagram, the link is there as well. Or if you just go to Kickstarter and type in Terror from Beyond Beyond, it will pop up. Okay. And for anybody listening to the podcast uh, or if you're on the, watching a YouTube video or whatever, I am going to put all the links in the, uh, you know, the text section. So you can just easily. Hey, yeah. Um, awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for doing this. Um, I, it just it feels it feels real important, you know. Uh, yeah. Like I, dude. Like I said, I appreciate a hundred percent that you're doing this. You know, it means a lot, and I know a lot of people out there are happy, and um, you are giving a platform for people to speak, and that means more than anything. So, just thank doing, you. Doing what I can. And uh, so if you want uh, anybody that's watching live right now, just uh, you can search for Sputron, my podcast. I've done two other episodes uh, that just giving a voice to people of color. And we talk about all these different angles. And I highly recommend uh, uh, listening to them. And if you if you want to like you can use these as a tool if you you're not as that good at speaking or, you know, you don't know how to find the words to have conversations with your family, please like you can play this for them. Like this is, this is some real talk that's happening and I use this to help people understand too, you know? So yeah, cool. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, awesome, man. Thanks so much, buddy. And uh, we'll talk to you. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Yes, you will brother. Thank you. Yeah. Later. So if you're a person of color and you would like to come on the show and chat with me and give us your experience and your perspective, uh, I'd love that. Email me at signutron at gmail.com. And also if you're a musician, you have any music related to the revolution or, you know, the struggle or just something that keeps people uplifted during these dark times, uh, I want to hear it uh, and I want to put it in the podcast. So uh, just email me signutron at gmail.com. So, and then also I'm doing this thing where I, everybody needs to see 13th on, uh, Netflix. So I'm starting this thing called hashtag 13th challenge where just watch the documentary on Netflix 13th, make a post about it and then challenge three of your friends to do the same. And then, you know, they do three friends and then they challenge three friends. And then eventually like it's, it needs to be required viewing for America. It starts 
where like at the very beginning uh slavery and it takes us all the way up into what the prison systems are now which is basically just modern slavery so please 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 if you want to understand what is happening right now uh i'm recording this after we had this chat or i would have talked about it with rashad but uh please watch 13th on netflix and do your best to learn black history please uh i'm also doing i'm gonna live stream on my twitch twitch.tv slash signeutron i'm gonna have a watch party every day with a different uh black history documentary and if you have amazon prime you can watch along with me uh, it sucks but you have to have amazon prime to watch but if you do twitch.tv slash signeutron and i'm gonna try to do it every day if i can so yeah keep keep fighting the good fight everybody and uh we'll we'll get through this